into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. Today's episode, we break down the victory over Auburn, take a look ahead at the next matchup with Vanderbilt, and finish the show with our AOK college basketball picks for the week. Saturday, we saw Kentucky win their most dominant game of the year as they defeated the Auburn Tigers by a final score of 86 to 54. That moves the Wildcats to 20 and 9 overall and 11 and 5 in in the SEC and marks their fourth win in a row. Auburn was no match in this one as they hung around for all of about 15 minutes. Early on, they were able to get the ball into Joni Broom and take advantage on the offensive glass, but that came to a screeching halt. The score was 26-25, to and in the last five minutes of the first half and in the entirety of the second half, Kentucky outscored Auburn 60-29 to and even had an opportunity to bring in their walk-ons for a few minutes to wrap up the evening. Sam. You know me, man. I call it like I see it. What we saw Saturday, that wasn't a game. It was a beatdown. In Auburn, they waved the white flag, they laid down their weapons, and they retreated back home. What impressed you most in this win for the Wildcats and what contributed to the massive success in this one? Yeah, I mean, thanks for bringing us in there, AJ. That was hands down the Kentucky Wildcats' best 40 minutes of basketball this entire season. I mean, we've been pleading, despite some of the recent success that we've seen out of the Kentucky Wildcats, for them to put together a complete game, AJ. 40 minutes, not 35, not 39, 40 minutes. And I'd argue that was the closest 40-minute performance to perfection that we have seen this season, AJ, and that's what sticks out most to me, is the the ability for this team to play at the highest of levels for all of the duration of the game, AJ. I mean, it was extremely impressive. I mean, you're right, that Auburn Tigers team hung around for right around 15 or so minutes, AJ, and then the Kentucky Wildcats really took it to them and that's what's really impressing me as of late with this team AJ because when we look back over the last couple of weeks I mean Mississippi State we led for 35 of the 40 minutes AJ Tennessee we led for 38 of the 40 minutes Florida we led for 37 of the 40 minutes I mean this was not just 
this specific game, AJ. This has been an ongoing affair for the Kentucky Wildcats that is really starting to catch eyes. I mean, you didn't throw it in the opener, so I got to. But we're finally getting a little more respect, AJ. The Kentucky Wildcats are officially back in the top 25 as they find themselves as the number 23 team in the nation. Number number 22 on Ken Palm right now as well, so moving on up. We're, we're moving up in, obviously, large in part to the offensive efficiency numbers there in Kim Palm, AJ. But I will say, the defense continues to rise. And when you when you take out some of the bad losses in South Carolina and Georgia, AJ, AJ sorry, the, those numbers actually drastically rise to where defense efficiency is actually in the top 40 if you take those two games out, AJ. So... Um, you know, realistically, extremely impressive win for the Kentucky Wildcats. I know that, like you said in your intro, they waved their white flag, but we did not stop coming, AJ. We kept taking it to them. And I think that was John Calipari's message to not only the Auburn Tigers and Bruce Pearl, but the entire nation saying, we're coming. And I mean, dude, like, I got to get kind of my fanboy out of me here for a second because I'm sure a lot of our listeners can can kind of feel the exact same way I, I do but it's it's sentimental with this team specifically AJ because I, I got to admit I'll take the lumps and bruises that we've taken throughout the season to get to this point it's truly an incredible story and I'm thankful for the part of Big Blue Nation that has stuck around this entire time and believed that no matter what, this team was going to be able to figure it out. I know you and I are are two of those guys, but I'll take those lumps and bruises. I'll take those struggles for the the feeling that we have towards this team right now because it's extremely humbling and proud that, that, you know, no matter what, these guys have been able to come together as a team. And that's why they're playing their best basketball of the season, AJ, is because they're no longer playing for one another, you know, individual style play. They're playing for each other, and they're sacrificing what might be better for you for the overall success of the team. And John Calipari hinted at that at his, uh, you know, recent radio show. He just said, you know, that's, that's the success we're seeing. Everyone is buying into their role. It's no longer what do I need to do. It's what do I need to do for this team to be successful. And, you know, with some of the roles that everyone is filling into, that's exactly why we're seeing the success. I mean, Kaysen as a distributor, Jacob as a an elite mid-range shooter and rim attacker, Oscar Shibwe is doing his thing and being dominant, AJ, but he has been able to to do it in a way where it's it's not about him. His recent success is because it's not about him, AJ. He has had arguably the best week in college basketball obviously gets easily a decision of sec player of the week but it's it's because he was willing to pull himself out of his traditional role and buy into this new role aj where we're taking him away from the basket and we're making more lanes and availability for the rest of his players to find success and look what it does it pays tenfold he trusts the process and in his last two games aj he's 20 for 23 from the field i mean the guy simply cannot be stopped he goes for 22 and 17 aj another truly dominating performance 
And, and then you got guys like Antonio Reeves, who he's officially AJ, a flamethrower. I, I mean, we heard it live, but he is an official flamethrower. The guy finishes with 21 points, 8 from 13 from the field, AJ, knocks down four triples in 36 minutes. I mean, truly another incredible people performance. For, people forget this guy was a top 20 scorer in all the country last season. I'm just saying. All of the country. We we are not talking about Power 5 conferences. All of the country. And realistically, he's proven a lot to me lately, AJ. It's his ability not only to knock down the three-point shot, but the way he's bought also into his role, AJ, of being a penetrator and attacking the lanes and making the defense have to play up on him. He's been able to take them off the dribble now. And, I mean, dude, you, you said it way earlier in the season, but his ability to develop that mid-range and that floater has been the exact reason why he's not just scoring 12 points by knocking down four three-pointers, AJ. He is now an elite scorer for this Kentucky Wildcats team. And that's why you're seeing these, you know, 20-point, plus games because he can break it down at all three levels. He's finally showing why he was a top 25 scorer in the entire country, AJ, last year. And then, I mean, I know I already mentioned his his ability to facilitate for his teammates, but Cason Wallace, man, this kid gets back on track and just does it in an incredible fashion for Big Blue Nation at home, in Rupp, and, and I will say, AJ, there's something about him at Rupp. I, I really do think he feeds off that crowd. He feeds off the energy. He's got a lot of confidence in his stroke when he's at home. But, I mean, he goes 6 for 12, 50% from the field, 19 points, AJ, knocks down both of his triples from deep, goes 5 for 6 at the line, 3 rebounds. AJ, 9 assists. 9 assists to 3 turnovers in his 37 minutes. Those three guys, in, in Antonio Reeves, and Kaysen Wallace, and Oscar Shibway, I, I mean, they dominated 21, 19, and 22 points between the three of them, respectively. I mean, an incredible night. We said it at halftime. I texted you, AJ. Chris Livingston didn't get to play much in that first half. But I texted you, and I said, we need – a second half Chris Livingston show up. I know it wasn't a dominating performance on the score sheet, but he finishes after basically putting up zero stats for the first half, AJ. Six points, two for four from the the field, two for two from the line, two rebounds, and an assist. He, He deflected passes. He defended his tail off. He brought the energy coming out of the locker room into the half, AJ. And I know that's not a stat stuffer, but given what he, he had to do, he did exactly what we expected him to in that second half, and it was an extremely awesome performance. I mean, everyone, like you said, got to touch the floor against the Auburn Tigers, which was really exciting. And I know, I've got to mention him, I know he did nothing on the stat sheet. Nothing. Other than, I think actually he had one assist, AJ. But C.J. Frederick getting back into the mix and playing seven minutes plays a much more critical role than maybe anyone can see on paper because I will say you say this to you right now, AJ, if we don't get CJ Frederick, I'm not saying we don't win that game. We we were winning that game regardless, but we don't get the same productivity out of our big guys in the big three from this performance because AJ, they are playing 
40 plus, like 40 minutes, 38 minutes plus a night. And CJ Frederick, his ability to, to let them get a minute breather, you know, a two minute breather here and there, it goes a long way and it's going to be critical down the stretch of the end of the season, AJ. So I know it didn't yield offensive success. I know it didn't yield a stat stuffer. It doesn't matter. I, I will honestly argue that that played a critical role of some of these guys, especially Casey Wallace, AJ, especially Antonio Reeves, to be able to find that productivity offensively because they're not exactly playing 40 minutes. You know, they're getting the necessary breather here and there. They're showing that they can play high-level minutes for the Kentucky Wildcats, but it's critical down the stretch, AJ, that we give them the necessary breather. So, you know, the next step in this process is getting Severe Wheeler back. I mean, I'm really hoping that that can be sooner rather than later. That way we can work them back in. But at this point in the season, AJ, you, you don't want to mess with anything. You, you need to make sure that CJ and Severe are getting worked into this core, not the other way around. We are not we are not plugging our guys in with CJ or Severe. I love them both, but at this point, you got to plug them into what's working. And if they can fight and earn more minutes, great. But we've got an incredible thing going, AJ. The Kentucky Wildcats are on a nice winning streak against some very good in-conference opponents, and you're not going to really want to mess up anything that we've got going. But AJ, heading into the half, we're up 11. However... Basically, that under five timeout is really when Kentucky put the afterburners on and left the Auburn Tigers well in the rear of your mirror. To you, AJ, is this the Wildcats' most impressive W this year? I know that it's not necessarily a quad one win. I know that it wasn't a flashy top 25 or a top five opponent like they've been able to capture previously against Tennessee, but given the 40 minutes that they displayed for Big Blue Nation, where do you put this on the resume for the Kentucky Wildcats? Yeah, I mean, for sure, one of their one of their better wins of the season. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, you know, Sam, I think there were points in time of this season where maybe we had an opportunity to, when we got a lead, really – just extend it to a point where the other team's not really capable of coming back and you just don't let off the gas pedal. And that's something we really hadn't seen from this team a whole ton, um, except for really early on in the season when the competition at times wasn't as stiff as it is now. So to be able to do that against an Auburn Tigers team that, yes, have they been not playing as well down the stretch? Sure. But they are still scrapping and clawing for wins to try to secure their position in the NCAA tournament. And so to do it in the fashion in which you did it, to me, tells me just a lot about who this Kentucky basketball team is right now. And you can see it in its substance in these last, you know, four games, I'll call it in this four game winning streak. And it's, it's not letting teams back into games and not letting them take back even if they get back in and hitting shots there's no panic there's no there's no panic oh AJ, no great we point. now need to start doing something totally different no we continue to do what the we things do that have gotten us there and we're gonna grind you 
we're going to grind you down and we're going to beat you up. And that's kind of who the Kentucky Wildcats have become, Sam. I mean, look at these last four games and the way that they are out-rebounding their opponents. It's it's scary good. I mean, there are not many teams in the country who can do that to people. And we are just physically imposing our will on teams right now and beating them up on the glass. And the defensive level is starting to rise game in and game out for this Kentucky team. And it's really starting to fuel this basketball team to a lot of wins. So yep. definitely an impressive win for them, Sam. Here's here's what stuck out to me in the game because, you know, obviously the score sticks out, but how, how did we actually get there to that score? Yeah. You know, Sam, I mean, think about it. This is an Auburn Tigers team coming into this game who was a top 15 team defensively inefficiency throughout the whole season and that's you know almost 30 games to this point of the season 30 something yeah right around 30 games so we scored 86 points on there on them right off the bat 86 points against a top 15 team in the country defensively that'll work right the wildcats go 56.1 percent from the field 61.5% 61.5% from the three-point line and Ridiculous. 93.3% from the free throw line. So right there, Sam, I mean, just shooting at an elite clip really is what they did on Saturday. And then an area in which the Kentucky Wildcats have a advantage against every team in the country. You cannot deny it. It's offensive rebounding, and we do it again, Sam. We go for 12 offensive rebounds. And just to put this in a different perspective, Sam, we grabbed an offensive rebound on 48% of our misses. So basically, every other time we shoot the ball and miss, we get we'll it back. Yep. So if you're shooting at that high of a percentage, and then you're getting half of your misses back for another opportunity... I don't know how you can beat this Kentucky Wildcats team it's a great when they're point, doing AJ. stuff like that. And that's why you see them go out there and absolutely run over the Auburn Tigers. I mean, this offense, Sam, is starting to click on a whole new level. 16 assists as a team in this game, sharing the ball extremely well, getting out in transition and finding Antonio Reeves for three-pointers, getting Oscar Sheway the ball in transition for breakaway dunks and things of that nature. I mean, really sharing the ball. You said it, Sam. Cason Wallace, nine assists. I mean, this guy didn't even play point guard to start the season, and now he's dishing nine dimes a game. I mean, come on, dude. His versatility and what he has going on right now. Let me just just talk about the offense a little bit more, and then we'll go to the defense. But, Sam, you brought it up. We basically had three guys score 20-plus points in this game. Oscar Sheway goes for 22. Antonio Reeves goes for 21 and Cason Wallace goes for 19. I mean, that's a 20-point average between three different guys right there. And on a night where Chris Livingston is in foul trouble and doesn't play much and only scores six points, you score 86 points as a team. I mean, it, it's starting to get in that territory where we're really cementing ourselves as one of the best offensive teams in the nation, Sam. And And you hinted at it. Listen. The action now, I mentioned it a few games ago, and I said, hey, maybe we should not give Shibwe the ball in the high post every time and try to post him up on the on the low block. I'll back down, John Calipari, because you are the master, and I am just here to learn because the way that he has been able to 
you know, I'll use the word tweak the offense. You know, he loves to use the word tweaking it, but yeah. <laughs> He tweaks the offense a little bit now. Careful, AJ. Yeah, careful. Yeah, yeah. Now the way that Oscar is catching the ball up at the high post, it's pulling away the tallest defender on their team because they know he's it, it's on tape now. Oscar, you give him that that jump shot, he will take it and he will make it. So you have to play up on him. Right. Well, now he's quick to get by you, and he's a good passer, and it's opening up the lane for guys to drive when we pull the center away from the basket, Sam. I mean some some really good stuff going on on offense for the Kentucky Wildcats and some guys who I mean Antonio Reeves man and Jacob Toppin and Oscar Shibway have really now been doing this consistently for you know weeks a month month more where they're consistently getting this done with Casey Wallace also being able to chip in as well I mean some nights he's got a lot on his plate playing heavy minutes some nights he's not going to get that huge scoring load but he's doing it all man and he's doing exactly what he's being asked to do within that game if he's needed to score more all right I'll score more if you need me to lock up the other team's best guard all right that's what I'm going to be doing and I'll also initiate our offense and get it going so the offense Sam really starting to click and then let's talk about the defense the improving defense of the Kentucky Wildcats and in this one Sam we knew Auburn wasn't a really good shooting team coming in, and that said, we still hold them to 33.9% from the field, 33.3% from three. And Sam, it, it, it really was the first, I'll call it, quarter to a third of the game where Auburn had some success down low with their big man, Broom, and then they got some offensive rebounds, were able to create some second-chance opportunities, knock down a few threes here and there, kind of kept them in that game. But then once we shut that offensive rebounding down, it, it became very clear that the Auburn Tigers could not score enough points to hang around with the Kentucky Wildcats. And they locked in defensively. I mean, the game plan was to shut down Joni Broom down down in the in the paint. Sam, after the first ten minutes, he disappeared. And Wendell Green, sure, he hit some shots. Doesn't really get. I mean, there wasn't one guy on Auburn who even like started going off to keep them around. We really kept guys in check, didn't allow them to get in areas of the floor to make plays, and really just made life difficult for them. So. Last thing that I want to bring up about this game um, is Oscar Shibway, man. I just want to take a minute to talk about this guy because he's incredible. He is yeah. absolutely incredible, Sam. And anybody who says anybody who says different doesn't know what they're talking about. And this has nothing to do with his prospects at the at the next level. I I don't care where this guy goes to play basketball. He knows how to play basketball, so he can keep playing somewhere whether it's at Kentucky or not. But what he did in this game and what he's done just in the last couple of weeks, Sam, like you said, has been, hey, how do you need to use me in this offense, John Calipari, and I'll do it for you. Yeah, we need to catch. We need you to catch the ball up near the free throw line now, Oscar. Okay, I'll do it. Hey, you need me to defend the pick and roll a little bit better? Okay. I'll do it. You need me to get angrier on the glass? Okay, I'll do it. You need me to get my teammates involved when I get the double team? Okay, I'll do it. And it's it, it's become so, like, you just expect him to have 20 and 15, 20 and 12, you know, 15 and 13, whatever the heck it may be. But 
there are not many guys at all doing that around the country, okay? Very select few guys doing this. And Maybe I, five total. That's yeah, it. and I just, the maturation in his game and him as a leader uh, and everything that's gone on this season, I just thought I, I needed to take a minute to just say, hey, listen, this guy, man, I mean, we got to appreciate while, him while he's here because he ain't going to be for much longer. And the dude is a freaking beast. I cannot wait. For the rest of the season, Sam will go start and get fired up because the Cats are playing some of their best ball. But what I will say is we cannot get complacent. We need to continue to strive to get better and better every single day from here on out. And Sam, it's only going to get harder from this point forward. And it starts on Wednesday night when the Kentucky Wildcats welcome in the Vanderbilt Commodores into Rupp Arena. And let me just say this. They will put up much more of a fight than those Auburn Kitty Cats did on Saturday. This will be the second matchup between these two programs this season with Kentucky winning down in Nashville back in January. Vandy comes into this one playing very well as they are now winners in six out of their last seven games. The Commodores have found a balanced attack in February as they have peaked all the way to top 30 in the country in offensive efficiency. A big contributor in this is their ability to limit turnovers, take advantage of their size in the post, offensive rebound, and shoot a high volume of three-pointers. If you remember correctly, the last time these teams played, Vanderbilt was without their leading scorer, Liam Robbins, who is now back and playing some great basketball. A seven-footer who is averaging 15.5 points per game, 7.1 rebounds per game, and a whopping 3.2 blocks per game. His presence will definitely add a new dynamic to this matchup, so Sam, let's start right there. Where do you need to see, or I'm sorry, where, not where, what do you need to see from the Wildcats defensively in this one to slow down Liam Robbins and the rest of the Vanderbilt Commodores? Yeah, well, this one's taking place in Lexington, AJ, so that's the where, but the what is definitely more of the uh, the critical question for our listeners here today, but it, it really is, I'm glad you brought that up, AJ, but Liam Robbins is going to be that X factor for this Vanderbilt team that we did not have go up against us in that first matchup, AJ. I mean, um, this is a totally different team with him. He's a seven footer that blocks, you know, three, four, sometimes six shots a night, AJ. But I will argue what Oscar Shibway was able to just do against size and length in the Auburn Tigers against Broom shows me that the wrinkles that we have put him in in our offense, AJ, we can still find him success when he's going up against size and length. Okay, AJ? So I think what needs to happen is we need to continue the success that has built us to this point in the season, and we need to continue to utilize him in more high post scenarios, AJ, pull him out from under the basket, get that seven footer away from the rim because he's an elite rim protector. And we want to create space for this Kentucky Wildcats offense to operate defensively. AJ, you've kind of said it. I mean, this is a team that really loves to put up the shots from three. I I mean, they love to get their shot off. 
So this is going to be an entirely different scouting report for UK as opposed to maybe our last couple of matchups, AJ. I mean, truthfully, we've gone up against some inferior opponents from a deep threat perspective. This is a different Vanderbilt team, AJ. So we really have to read the scouting report. I don't believe that we're going to have the opportunity to double Robbins down low nearly as much as maybe we've been able to find success in in the last couple of matchups. you got to stay honed in on your man. You cannot afford the luxury of going under your screen. So I'm sure John Calipari all you know all weekend and all week leading up to this matchup is stressing the importance of fighting through your screens, making it extremely difficult for those handoff scenarios because we need to disrupt their offensive flow. So they're taking 20 seconds to work through their plays and they're just now getting into their action, AJ. I mean, when, when I look across the landscape of college basketball, some of the best teams in the nation, like Houston, for example, AJ, what they do best is they disrupt those simple handoff passes, those simple screen passes, AJ. And what that does to an offense is it makes you have that one more screen that you now have to set to get the ball into the initiator who is supposed to have the play. It makes your life that much more difficult, and that's what Kentucky needs to do coming up against the Vanderbilt Commodores, AJ. You really need to make their life miserable getting into their sets, getting into their rotations offensively. You're going to really need to pack the paint against Robbins, AJ, and without most likely doubling, we'll see. I mean, John Calipari is not afraid to bring the help, but you got to know your scouting report, AJ, and, and you can't help off some of these guys because they've got a couple of guys hovering right around the, you know, the high 30s, low 40s from three-point range. So this is a much more respectable team. So you got to know your scouting report and know when to help off and when not. The guard, Lawrence, AJ, you can probably most likely help off. He's like a 30% three-point shooter, but I will argue as of late, AJ, in his last five or so games, he's actually shooting higher in the, the 37% range. So the thing of it is, is you got to pack the paint. you got to be willing as a team to rebound the basketball. Okay, AJ? I mean, that has been the consistent theme for the last couple of weeks. We grabbed 41 boards against the Auburn Tigers, and that needs to be a dominating part of this Kentucky Wildcats performance against Vanderbilt, AJ. You don't go away from what's gotten you here. And just because they've gotten a seven-footer, that, that means there's even more emphasis on the fact that this has to be an entire team effort on the defensive boards. You cannot give this team second-chance opportunities. And you kind of hinted at it, AJ. I mean, despite us giving up Auburn 10 offensive boards. They grabbed six of those, AJ, in the first half. We cleaned it up in the second half. We won the second chance battle in points. That's another opportunity for the Kentucky Wildcats to continue that effort against Vanderbilt, AJ, because, look, this team in Vanderbilt is not the same team that we played earlier in the season, AJ. They are not, not only because of Robbins, but because they are a team that's trending in the right direction, much like us, they're desperate, AJ. They're trying to build as much of a resume as they possibly can at this point in the season. And seeing that 16 and 13, I mean, look, they probably don't have an opportunity to make the playoffs or the NCAA tournament. But come down the stretch, AJ, every win they can get, you can only control your own destiny. Yeah, and I mean, listen, 
at the end of the day, the SEC tournament still needs to be played, and, and some crazy things can happen. And, and the way Vanderbilt's playing, if they continue to build on the momentum, who says they can't go to the SEC tournament? And I mean, technically, everyone's still alive. You win your conference tournament, they can't deny you from the NCAA tournament, you're in. So, you know, I mean, some of these teams like a Vanderbilt who may have struggled early but is finding themselves late says, hey, we're playing to win that tournament and get ourselves in. And this is mm-hmm. just another step on our path in going on the road and, and performing against a team that's also playing really well right now. So right, it, it's not like these teams are just going to roll over and die because they, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. You know what I mean? And, right. we, and we've talked at length at how – you know how people feel about beating Kentucky. There's just a little something special about it. So they, 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 they just, you know how it is, man. I, I absolutely know how it is. And look, I, I'm just going to attack the elephant in the room for all of us. This is senior night. We've got six guys participating in senior night, AJ. It's going to be a lot of fanfare going on, a lot of theatrics. The Kentucky Wildcats are back inside the top 25, AJ. Let's call it how we see it. This could be a letdown spot for the Kentucky Wildcats. It really could. John Calipari, Oscar Shibwe have already gone on record in some of their post-game pressers and John Calipari's midweek show and saying, hey, this is a different Kentucky Wildcats team. There's no more letdowns. This is the this is the identity that we have formed. This is the identity that we have. We are not going to let up. From here on out, you are going to see this kind of team, this time kind of effort for the rest of the year, AJ. So I will be watching closely to make sure that they live up to that standard, AJ, because this could be a bad spot for the Kentucky Wildcats at home, and this would be an extremely poor loss for the resume that we have been building so strongly on these last couple of weeks. So cannot afford to go away from what has gotten us here, AJ. Find success in the areas that we have been refining the last couple of weeks that's defending that's why i brought it up immediately aj and that's rebounding you take care of those two things i promise you our offense will find a way to score aj i i know that for a fact i mean when we look at the fast break points aj from last game we scored 27 points in fast break i know a good portion of that is antonio reeves and being a flamethrower from deep in transition but that's also Oscar Sheepway running the floor. That's Jacob Toppin for now 12 straight games, AJ, putting up double digits and running the floor and creating lanes so the team has to respect them and take them to the rim and they're able to find Antonio Reeves in transition, AJ. It comes down to details like that where it's everyone buying into their role and buying into the definitely the two pillars that the Kentucky Wildcats basketball team is standing on. Those two pillars, AJ, and the rest of your identity is formed around it, and that's where you're finding success. Do not go away from it, especially in this this kind of spot late in the season, AJ. To you, you kind of already hinted at it. Liam Robbins, obviously, he, he sticks out to us. What else do the Kentucky Wildcats need to do to ensure that they don't find themselves in a trap game late in the season at home in front of a rocking crowd, I'm sure, to hopefully bring in, I know some other seniors, AJ, but most likely Oscar Sheepway's last game in front of Blue, Big Blue Nation, I can only imagine. 
Yeah, you know, Sam, it always concerns me when you have that much going on before the game. It can get really uh, emotional, and then the team can come out flat. Um, but I think this team's in a good space mentally um, as a team, uh, just c- coming together and gelling. This doesn't seem like a spot where the effort and energy level is going to be low. And if it ever does get low, I mean, that crowd should be there to pick them right up. So glad you pointed that out because something that I am definitely going to be keeping my eye on. But it's really about just continuing this upward trend, right? And I mean, let's face it, there is no time to go backwards. You have the slip up here and, you know, everything we just did now comes into question, right? So another opportunity right now, and it's all about taking advantage of these opportunities. You have this game at home, right? Saturday, we have a game on the road, but we're not even worried about that yet. So you got to take care of your home court Wednesday night. That's all that they should be focused on. And that's kind of the message that John Calipari sent as soon as the Auburn game was over. Listen, we're going one day at a time. And he you know, he plays it off. He's like, I don't even know who we're playing on Wednesday. Who are we playing? Oh, Vandy? Cool. All right. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, dude. But you get the message. It's just one day at a time for this team. So I think when you, you take that mindset through this time, this critical time of the season, um, and not thinking too far ahead and worrying about where you might be seated in the tournament or what time your game's going to be uh, at the SEC tournament or those sorts of things, um, and you're just focused on the daily tasks and and sounds like that's what this team is, then that normally contributes to you showing up and giving the max effort. And it's not always going to go your way, right? But as long as the effort's there, you're doing the things that you talked about, all that sort of thing. So I think that's kind of where this team needs to be and sounds like that's where they are. But when we come down and we look at the matchups in this game sam quite quite intriguing to me honestly stark difference between this team and auburn really i mean we just went from one of the the poor shooting teams in our in our conference um to a team that is gonna fire it away and some nights man they can get on fire and really light up the scoreboard um so in this game what i'm looking for is we you brought it up sam the ball pressure, fighting over those screens. I mean, really, you got to pay attention to where these guys are behind the three-point line. I mean, they have four different guys, Miles Stute, Trey Thomas, Tyron Lawrence, and Jordan Wright. Every single one of them has attempted at least 80-plus, some of them over 150-plus three-pointers this season, Sam. And they, like you said, they all shoot right around that like 33 to 38%. And Miles Stute is right up there almost at like three, 39%. Um, which is about top 360, I think, in college basketball. And I know top 360 doesn't sound like a lot, um, but there's like, what, how many kids who play Division One basketball? Like thousands and thousands or there's tens thousands, of thousands. AJ. So if you're in the top like 300 to 400 players in something, it's it's pretty noticeable. 38, 39% from three-point land is pretty good. So, And like I said, they shoot a lot of them. So what I'm getting at is you cannot fall off these shooters because that's what happens 
in upsets. You you don't defend at a high level and you let them start get going and then they start seeing the basket as an ocean and they just start dropping it in there. You know what I mean? So you have to get on these guys. Cannot allow them to get going from the three-point line. Um, the only really non-three-point shooter is the guard they have, um, Manjon. Uh, he doesn't really attempt them. He shoots them at like 15% or something like that. So feel free to let him shoot all he wants. But those other guys, listen, they're going to shoot him, Sam. So you got to contest them. You just got to make them tough on them. You can't let them be open threes. You have to get up there and get in their face. And then let's talk about Liam Robbins. At times, you're not going to be able to double-team this guy because they have too many guys who are shooters, and if you double, they'll throw it right out to him, right? So really, the only guy that you're going to want to double off of is Manjon because he's not a guy that's going to try to stroke the three. So whoever's guarding him, that might be an opportunity where you can come from the backside um, or underneath or something like that and kind of sneak up on Liam and, and attack him where you like trap him real hard on a double-team because outside of that, I think you're just going to have to live with Oscar and, and if Lance gets in and Jacob and Chris to just battle down low with this guy and really, you know, you'll sometimes you'll you'll let not that you'll let them have the twos, but if they're working hard and they're getting some twos, so be it. But the one thing we can't do in this game is allow them to get going from three because if they can get going from three, they can really hang in this game and then you hang in the game. And you never know what could happen down the stretch, Sam. So those are really what I'm looking for in this game. And then rebounding. You you have to rebound the basketball. You don't rebound the basketball in this game, it'll go right back to the threes because they'll grab the offensive rebound. Either they're going to lay it in or you're going to swarm them and they're going to kick it out. And that's the best time to shoot a three is off an offensive rebound. So got to lock up on the defensive side contest the three-pointers, protect the paint down low, and rebound the basketball. And then, Sam, just continue to limit the fouling. Sometimes we tend to foul a little bit too much. That's another way for teams to kind of pull off a road upset is you just not moving your feet, reaching in, things like that. So continuing to stay active on defense and limit the fouling, I really think is going to be key in this one to keep them off the line. And then when we look at our... Kentucky Wildcats, Sam on offense. Let's continue to work that that high post for Oscar Shibway. I mean, I love that action, Sam. I think he can pull Liam Robbins away from the basket and, and limit that shot blocking ability by him um, and start to work the ball out of there and create some, some lanes to cut to the basket. Um, so I really like that action and being able to pull a seven-footer like Robbins away from the basket in this game. Really looking at Chris Livingston in this game. I mean, obviously, last game, a lot of foul trouble, but he's been as consistent as anybody within his role on this team the last month, Sam. So I really look for him to be shot out of a cannon on Wednesday night and come out just absolute bonkers with the high energy hustle plays that he makes and just really kind of yeah. feeding our team behind that crowd on Wednesday night. And then Sam, Cason Wallace, his playmaking ability, his ability to get downhill to the basket at times. Uh, I just love the way he's playing. So continue to do exactly what he's been doing. Take advantage. He is a physical, physical guard, man. He's got a quick first step. 
the way he's running the offense and when he's not driving it a ton, Sam, he waits for the opportunity. He sees the way the defense is playing. And if he gets that lane, boom, he's, he's, he's at it. So I love the way he's playing. I think that he can have some success against the guards of Vanderbilt with his quickness and toughness. Um, and then Jacob Toppin continue to cut to the basket, stretch the floor. Sam, I mean, dude, the three point shooting from Jacob Toppin has been, it's been phenomenal level. I mean, the dude is probably the most efficient three point shooter in the last two months in the entire country because he doesn't take a lot, but he makes them every time he freaking takes them. It's unbelievable. He's the, he's the number one three point shooter as of late. In the SEC, AJ, yeah. he's the most efficient three-point yeah. shooter in the and, SEC. And, and every time he just waits for it to come to him in the offense, and you don't, you're not going to guard me, okay? And then you want to come and guard me? I'm going to jab step you, take you. If I can't get to the basket, I can pull up for that mid-range jumper. Really like what he's doing, being aggressive, Sam. His we're, confidence is through the roof. It is, and 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 ultimately, we're in a really nice rhythm offensively. So let's just continue to keep building on that, Sam. Defend home yep. court. Limit re- Liam Robbins, limit the threes, and limit the offensive rebounds. And I think your offense will be able to do enough in this game um, to come away with a victory. So I, I you yep. know, definitely like like the Kentucky Wildcats in this game for sure. The way they're playing, Sam. But gotta gotta pay attention to the scouting report. Got yep. to do the little things that have made you successful. Don't let it get to your head and think that we can go out there and play any way we want to. No. Continue to play the way that we are playing because it is built on a strong foundation, like you said, Sam, of defense and rebounding. And that is what is going to carry us down the stretch of the season. So, Yeah, um, totally, AJ. And I will say one thing that you just hinted at with Chris in foul trouble, but I will honestly argue has been a bright spot and a huge reason why we have success lately is we haven't had foul trouble aj i actually think that's a key motivator as to why we've been able to find a lot of recent success and um that's something that we have harped on in past aj you mentioned in in our preview to this previous game against uh against auburn but it's you got to defend without fouling and oscar's ability to stay on the floor and our guards ability despite the lack of depth there aj to stay on the floor has been critical to our success and you know i'm kind of smiling sitting here aj but i i I didn't tell you i was going to do this but john calipari and staff accidentally left up their whiteboard after the uh auburn tigers game aj and someone snapped a picture of it and i'm kind of just sitting here laughing because the way we previewed the Auburn Tigers game the way we are previewing the Vanderbilt game I can honestly say y'all is exactly what John Calipari is saying to his team I mean AJ the number one thing circled in bold is refuse to lose I mean we've adapted some different mottos throughout this year but you have to have that toughness where you refuse to get beat whether it be on the glass whether it be in the game it's just you have to have that mentality and then I'll just run through the top five objectives, both defensively and offensively, and that'll maybe close us out here, AJ. But I'm pretty sure we touched on at least eight of the ten items here. Number one thing for – remind you, obviously, AJ, this is for the Auburn game, but it all pulls over. I mean, number one thing for defensive was transition defense. We we harped on that. I mean, AJ – 
get back in transition, especially this pulls over against this Vanderbilt team. It's a team that loves to get off their shots, get back in transition. Second, force them to take tough twos, AJ. That's exa- that pulls over exactly. I mean, don't let them get comfortable from deep. Force them to unfortunate scenarios where they're having to put up late shot clock tough twos, AJ. Know your assignment. We already talked about that. Know when and when you cannot help off your defender. No fouls. Literally, AJ, no fouls. Jump when they jump. Defend without fouling. It's one of John Calipari's main objectives from the previous game. And then fight to rebound with two hands, AJ. It's been our number one topic for the last couple of weeks. And boom, John Calipari touches on it. Then we're talking about winning time is what he says, AJ, offensively. Number one, fly, easy baskets. I mean, we talked about it, 27 points in transition for the Kentucky Wildcats last game, AJ. I mean, clearly they lived up to that. I challenged this team a couple weeks back, AJ. We don't have to be this team that's flying up and down. We've showed our offense efficiency numbers. When we are in transition, we're lethal, AJ. We're lethal. Continue to find your opportunities to rebound the basketball and try to get out as fast as you can because clearly it's a recipe for success for this Kentucky Wildcats team, AJ. Two, create shots. Screen hard. It's not necessarily something that we have said in the last couple of episodes, AJ, but what we have said is our ability to pull Oscar out and his ability to screen harder has been awesome, AJ. I mean, everyone has to step up. It can no longer be flybys. You've got to screen hard, use your body to free up that space for some of our shooters like Antonio Reeves, AJ. Score or get fouled was number three. We talk about that. Get to the rim. Try to get fouled. Get to the free throw line and let your game extend out from there, AJ. Number four, rebound. Do not accept a blockout. I mean, we are one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. You have continuously highlighted that here for our listeners, AJ. And the last one was be strong with the ball. I mean, limit the turnovers is going to be critical. You don't want to give, especially this pulls over, AJ, a Vanderbilt team, easy baskets. You don't want them to get in a rhythm, especially on the road where an underdog is hanging around. We've seen that story. You never want that team to hang around too long on the road. I think it all pulls over, AJ, and I think it's it's funny. I'm just sitting there smiling as you kind of go through some of the keys to the Kentucky Wildcats' victory against Vanderbilt, and I mean, it all pulls over from exactly what John Calipari is trying to administer to his team, but thought it was worth note. Well, well, here's the thing, Sam. I mean, at the end of the day, every team's different, so you got to know your scouting report and how they play basketball and what are the key areas to take away, right? But at the end of the day, you're still trying to build that foundation of who you are as a team, and, and like we said earlier tonight, we found it, and it's built on defense, rebounding, and toughness, Sam. And it's just we are going to outwork you, be stronger, more physical, not accept, like John Calipari said, not accept the blockout, things like that where we are going to impose who we are on you. And if we do that, we can't be beat. That's the type of mentality they're taking on right now, and that is exactly what you want to see heading into March And listen, Sam, last thing I'll say about this game before we get to our picks, but this game will officially take place on the first day of March. 
And what do we know about the month of March when it comes to college basketball? If you allow the game to be close late, you never know what can happen. We saw it this last weekend with four or five insane finishes to games, half quarters, three-quarter buzzer beaters, teams blowing 12-point leads with a minute to go. Just absolute madness, Sam. And so when you have an opportunity to bury a team and to win the game, you have to do it. You have to do it. You cannot allow teams to hang around and to hang around and to hang around, and then you're looking there with a minute and a half left, and it's a one- or two-point game because you just never know. So continue to execute at a high level. Continue to build on the foundation of the defense and rebounding. Put yourself in a position to not let some crazy, crazy – stuff happened to you at the end of games but yeah no i'm glad you brought that up aj but it is absolutely time to get our listeners to our aok pick them challenge aj quick update from this previous week aj dude you stay hot you stay hot and you go three for four aj the one you missed was you can touch on it if you want but aj grabs wins with texas a&m over Tennessee, they cover the one-and-a-half-point favorite spread, AJ. They were Baylor as a four-point favorite against Texas, and Gonzaga a six-point favorite over St. Mary's. They really showed their dominance within that conference, AJ. The only one that you miss was Northwestern at Illinois, which for the first half, AJ, it looked like they were going to blow the brakes off of the Illini, unfortunately, a tale of two halves. Yeah, man, that was oh my gosh! What so <laughs> Sam, we were recording la, uh, the preview for the we were recording uh, the preview for the Auburn uh, game that episode uh, while the game was going on, and so uh, Sam was actually in Detroit, which was awesome, and uh, we got to get together and and record, and so. Uh, he had been staying at a hotel. We recorded there, so I, I left the hotel at halftime and. This team's up by 18 points, 20. 18 or 16. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, oh my Lord, Sam, they just the most epic meltdown of all time by Northwestern on the road at Illinois, and they end up losing the game. Um, it co- covered the spread, but just, oh man, that should, that we had that one in the bag, and they just completely. <laughs> should have stayed in the hotel room, man. Yeah. It was, it was a jinx or something, but. Overall, AJ stays extremely hot. Guys, he is now officially 27 for 36. AJ, you are hitting on 75% of your picks. I am trying to plead to all of y'all. Get on this man's card if you want to make a little coin. AJ, I added a little something something for our listeners and especially our viewers on Twitter I have updated it, and I added a points as far as units up or down. So I I took the opportunity and the liberty of looking at every single one of AJ's picks this year, and I converted it into units. So if you were gambling, you would have a one unit per AJ's bets. AJ, given the success of this season, you are up 24 units. To put that into terms, y'all, if a unit is 25 bucks. AJ's yielding you over $600 year to date. I'm telling you, this guy is a walking bucket. 
right now. I mean, when we want to talk about flamethrowers, we might have to bring up Andrew John Bradley for y'all. <laughs> but I will say, AJ, for the Pick'em Challenge purposes, you are currently sitting at 63 points. I myself find another good week as I, too, go three for four, AJ. I pick up road victories with Miami at Virginia Tech as they win outright as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. I grab Kentucky at Florida as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I grab a victory for Alabama at home against Arkansas. Unfortunately, do not cover the spread, but grab me one point there as a home favorite. And I miss Purdue's revenge against Indiana at home, AJ. What a resounding victory for Indiana as they take the season sweep against the Purdue Boilermakers. AJ, I myself on the year am over 55% on my picks, so nothing to be ashamed about. However, your success is just blowing me out of the water. I am 20 for 36. I have 49 points, and I would have yielded you all 11 uh, positive units if you were riding with Sam Bradley. So, all in all, not too bad, AJ, but Let's see if either of us can continue the success with this week 11 edition of the AOK Kentucky Picks. Yeah, Sam. I mean, last last week of the regular season here, um, been been a fun ride with our with our picks this year. I mean, like you said, 55%. Uh, that is a a solid solid percentage. I mean it's 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 tough to pick these the way we're doing them too earlier in the week on, on monday nights we get together we're picking them we really don't know the spreads That's of these point. games so um you know we're just trying to pick winners um a lot of times if you're able to pick the winners you they're able to cover the spread and stuff like that so we, we've done really well sam and uh it's great and i you know having a lot of fun with this so let's get to our picks for this week right Let's yep. try to do it again. I mean, hopefully I don't fall fat on my face on this last week. We can just ride off into the sunset into next year. <laughs> Straight <laughs> to the cash window. Yep. But uh, listen, Sam, we are going to go back to the well, as we've always done with my first pick this week. I'm going to a Saturday. Actually, you know what, Sam? I've got two games on Saturday, two games in the weekday. So let me do my weekday games first. Um, first one I got is uh, Wednesday night action. We've got... A top 25 matchup in the Big East with the Xavier Musketeers traveling on the road to play the Providence Friars. Um, Bryce Hopkins and Providence been playing really well this season. I like them at home in this matchup. Um, I think they get it done. It should be a a hell of a game. Probably coming down to one or two possessions in this one. Uh, Just like Providence to eat this one out um, on their home court and hold serve here. Um... So give me the Providence Friars in that one, Sam. My second pick, I'm going to go to a game on Thursday out in the Big Ten. And uh, listen, this is going to help the Kentucky Wildcats if it can happen. But the Michigan Wolverines are traveling on the road to play at Illinois. Listen, I just tried to pick on Illinois last weekend, Sam. They completely came back in the second half and ripped my heart out with the Northwestern Wildcats. So I'm going I'm going at it again. I'm going to try to take my shot here. I'm going to take the Michigan Wolverines in this game. I really like the way that they are playing basketball right now. There is a sense of desperation within that team to claw their way into the NCAA tournament right now. And so I think they are able to go on the road on Thursday and, and, and not blow 
a 23-point lead to, to the <laughs> Illinois Fighting Illini. As long as they can cannot do that, I think they, they can win this basketball game, Sam. So give me the Michigan Wolverines. Again, another win that would help raise their net rankings, help Kentucky. I don't know if it even matters at this point in the season, but either way, give hey. me the Wolverines. And Sam, give me your first two picks. Yeah, I mean, AJ, it, it absolutely does matter. Uh, just for you, you listeners here, that, that win, um, in order to qualify as a quad one win for the Kentucky Wildcats, since it's a neutral site, has, has to be net within the top 50 HA. Michigan currently sits at number 53 in the country. So if they are able to find a road victory against Illinois, I'm betting you they will jump inside the top 50. That will yield the Kentucky Wildcats yet another quad one victory on their resume. Absolutely absolutely necessary aj because every quad one victory this time this season is that much more important to your resume and maybe could even bump you a seed aj so totally worth noting there but i myself aj am going to start early in the week i'm heading to a tuesday night matchup within the sec conference the texas a&m aggies are hitting the road aj and they are taking on a bottom sec tiered Ole Miss Rebels team, AJ. The lines are out, which made me intrigued to hop on this matchup. As Texas A&M is favorited by five points on the road, AJ, I fully expect following their most recent loss that previously was followed up by a seven-game win streak should get right back on track, AJ, and find themselves in a comfortable road victory within SEC play. I then head over a day later as I look at a Wednesday matchup. As or Are they a Wednesday? Yes. As a Wednesday matchup. Back to the well, AJ. Back to the well. Let's find success where we found success. The Kentucky Wildcats, I don't have to say much more, are taking on Vandy at home. We're going to move past all the noise of a letdown spot. We are going to continue to build off of the success that we have found. As of late, AJ, we will hopefully move to a five-game win streak heading in to the very last game of the season, AJ. Hey, it's about to be March. It's about to be madness. But the Kentucky Wildcats are playing their best basketball of the season and it is about to be March 1, AJ. This is going to be exciting. Give me your next two picks. Absolutely, Sam. Listen, um, we're going to go to Saturday, and I will preface these two picks by saying these are the two teams I'm going to pick are my two favorite teams to watch in college basketball right now, Just just from a pure fan of the game perspective these are the two teams that i enjoy watching play the most right now um and the first one is a team that i think you guys are all familiar with uh the kentucky wildcats oh yeah that's the reason why we're all here listen sam i have been wanting the kentucky wildcats to go on a six game win streak before the end of the season at some time well if they can win against vanderbilt this week they have an epic matchup this weekend at Bud Walton Arena at Arkansas to get revenge from the Brazerbacks coming in to Rupp Arena and giving us the business in the second half in that game. I really, 
I really like the way Kentucky's playing right now, Sam. I think they're poised to get this six-game win streak, to go on the road in the final game of the season and make a statement that says, not only are we better than Arkansas, but we're better than all of you, and we're coming for this thing. And I think they can make that statement on Saturday, so I really like the Kentucky Wildcats in this game. And then the second game, Sam... This game could possibly determine who ends up getting the one seed out west with 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 when you talk about the Pac-12. It's Arizona and UCLA, Sam, and UCLA got them. They clipped them earlier this season. Um and I look for them to do it again on their own home court on Saturday night. I just the one thing about the Arizona Wildcats, listen, they are a talented team. They can score with the best of them, Sam, but at the end of the day, I, I am concerned with their defense. They they have not shown an ability to get stops in crucial moments all season long. This UCLA team, they are loaded. They are experienced. They have a damn good head coach. And Tiger Campbell and Jaime Hawkes, Sam, I mean, you find me a more experienced, better playing duo in the country, and I'll concede, but these guys, man, they've been there. They've done it. And they are playing at an elite level right now. I love the way this team is playing. I think they get it done. They prove that they are a much better team than Arizona. And they want that one seed in the NCAA tournament, Sam. They've they've been felt that they were disrespected when the first poll came out. A couple Saturdays ago, they were a four seed in the early look. But they want a one seed, Sam. They think that they are that team. And I kind of believe they are one of those better teams as far as top four to get a one seed. So... Give me the UCLA Bruins, Sam. Give me your last two picks, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, so I actually skipped over one of my picks. It is coming from the Tuesday slate, AJ. But I'm going to be taking another team that I've rode with in in past games. And unfortunately, I faded them last week. But I'm hopping right back on the train, and that is the Indiana Hoosiers, AJ. They find themselves at home again, and they are one of the best teams in the country, AJ, when they find themselves in their home arena. They take on Iowa, AJ, who is coming off of one of the most electric victories in college basketball. You alluded to it earlier, down 12 with under a minute to go, and they find themselves with an overtime victory against your Michigan State Spartans, AJ. But I absolutely love Indiana at home taking on the Iowa Hawkeyes. They are five-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Trace Jackson Davis will be able to be so overpowering in that game, AJ. Too much to handle. Give me Indiana at home. AJ, my last pick of the week will come from a little later in the week, and that is heading back to the other team that I picked, but I'm going back to their well, AJ. Purdue finds themselves on the road. They have showed signs of struggle as of late, but the one thing that has been The most consistent thing in college basketball is Zach Eady and his dominance, AJ. He consistently puts up over 20 points a night, even in their losses. This game will not yield a loss. I think, AJ, Wisconsin just was blown the straw that breaks their back on the season, AJ. They had an absolute heartbreaking loss against the Michigan Wolverines, AJ, where Hunter Dickinson had a prayer of a three drain at the buzzer to force overtime. And you could see the wind in their sails was gone. I think that was a 
symbolism for the rest of their season. They just couldn't quite put all the pieces together this year. I do not think they will do it against Purdue. So give me Purdue on the road, AJ. To recap, y'all, we have AJ taking Michigan at Illinois, Providence at home against Xavier, UCLA at home versus Arizona, and Kentucky on the road against Arkansas. I myself have Texas A&M at Ole Miss. I've got Indiana over Iowa. I have UK over Vandy at home, and I have Purdue on the road against Wisconsin. By the time we huddle back, AJ, and we do the recap of this Kentucky Wildcats and Vanderbilt matchup and preview their last SEC matchup of the year against the Arizona, or I mean the Arkansas Razorbacks. It's going to be March. It's going to be madness. Yes, and sir. I, for one, cannot wait. Can't wait, Sam. That'll do it for us tonight, guys. Appreciate everybody tuning in, Sam. Appreciate your time. I did just want to say one last thing before I get out of here. You guys have heard it plenty of times. You know where to go to follow us on social media, all that good stuff. I I don't need to do that tonight. The one thing I did want to talk about real quick before we get out of here, Sam, listen. This is a public service announcement. Kevin Harlan, I love you, man. You are an (laughs) all-time, all-time announcer. But please, dear God, if you have to announce one of our games again, learn how to say Oscar Shibwe. I had to listen to this man for two plus hours on Saturday. So did the rest Shwe- of the country. Shweebway, weebway, shweebway. Come on, man. Come on, man. Do your homework. Get prepped. Figure out the guy's <laughs> name and get it right next time. This is a reigning national player of the year. He deserves to be called by the, his real name, Oscar Shweebway. Not dweebway, dweebway, shweebway. No. She boy. All right. That's all I got for you tonight, folks. Sam, thanks for your time. I'll see you later. Go see cats. Y'all. <laughs> see y'all. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats.